Game one goes to the Houston Astros. Astros beat the Yankees 4-2, and it's kind of same old, same old, uh, especially at Houston. None of this is really that much of a surprise, especially when you consider that it was Verlander versus Tyone. And look, it was this game was still close, really for most of the way. But um, the Yankees had some chances early, didn't take advantage of it. Verlander settled in, pitched really, really well. Tyone, it wasn't pretty, but he only gives up a run. And the Yankees kind of try to put some faith in some B-level relievers, and it doesn't work out. Uh, the Yankees were trying to steal this game without using their top top guns. And not sure if that's the route to have gone, but, you know, the Yankees really had pushed their top guys hard, you know, the last few days. But what's kind of crazy is the Yankees strike out 17 times. To me, like, that's... That's a big storyline, uh, 17 times, uh, and the Astros only twice. Now, with that all being said, it came down to home runs. The Yankees had two, the Astros had three. Astros would also have an RBI double, but to be fair, the Yankees had a very similar situation where just their runner didn't score on that play. So even with all the, that being said, strikeout-wise, that wasn't everything, to be fair. Look, I hate the fact that, you know, like the Astros are the perfect blend to me of power and contact. Perfect blend. And for the Astros, it wasn't really so much the guys that we've been accustomed to that got to them. It wasn't Altuve. It wasn't Bregman. It wasn't Euron Alvarez. It wasn't Tucker. It, but, but you know, it was the guys beyond that. And some of them, you know, Jeremy Pena has really made a name for himself, especially in the postseason. Um, Yuli Gurriel is another, you know, really had a very poor regular season, but has had a lot of success versus the Yankees in the past. There's been a lot of big hits and homers for Gurriel in his career. And then, you know, Chaz McCormick uh, really comes up big. So it wasn't really the total usual suspects, if you will. Um, and then for the Yankees, really, it was only three players. And really, these have been the three best players in the postseason, I think, you know, at the plate, it, it, when you consider expectation, everything else, and that's Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, and Harrison Bader. Like those have been uh, the Stanton numbers aren't necessarily pretty, but still, like he looked really good today, and uh, I, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm totally fine. With it. Those three beyond that, pretty fucking bad. Um, and we'll and you know specifically. There's two players, but I really... It's Donaldson and Carpenter that I really want to call out. But Josh Donaldson, um, boy, really, like... I think for Yankee fans, the hope was that Donaldson would, you know, even with a poor regular season, you know, would have some big moments in the postseason. He's a veteran. It's just the guy looks lost at the plate. That's it. I mean, Josh Donaldson, he looks, you know, betwixt and between... Uh, like, sometimes we'll have that bats where he won't swing at all. Sometimes we'll have bats where he'll swing each time. We saw that tonight. We're literally swinging and miss, swinging and miss, swinging and miss. And another one, he just took three, three, uh, three straight strikes. I will say the ump tonight really gave Verlander, like, a lot of close calls. It didn't affect the result of the game, in my opinion, but he did. Um, let's quickly take a step back and talk about the roster for the CS. Um... There were some changes. Now, let's talk about the people that remain off the roster. Ron Marinaccio remains off the roster, which is disappointing. I really thought that 
there was a chance that he'd return. He has not. I think that he's an arm they could definitely use in that pen when you considering when you consider, you know, some of the stuff we saw tonight, especially, you could really use some guys after those top three or four. So no Marinaccio, um, no DJ LeMahieu, which, you know, was always a possibility, but again, they felt like he was compromised, and I can't totally blame them for that. I mean, do I think that there could be some use for him? Yeah, but I get it. And then Andrew Benatendi, really what's disappointing there is like, that was a trade on acquisition that's really going to go nowhere. He's a free agent at the end of the season. I mean, Benatendi, I think, really would have been exactly what you're looking for. Good situational contact guy. But the left field is a big problem for the Yanks. Um, and Benatendi was the perfect solution. And unfortunately, that you know doesn't work itself out. So they remain out. Here are the three changes. And keep in mind, the Yankees went from 14 hitters, 12 pitchers, to now 13 and 13, which makes sense in the best of seven that you would want that extra pitcher. So off the roster is Aaron Hicks, which we knew about because of the injury, Marlon Gonzalez, and Lucas Lickie. So it's funny. I brought I brought this up when considering the DS roster that Marwin and Lickie were two players that were on the team all year long. You know, not not including like um, like bereavement, uh, not not bereavement leave. Um, you know, like the the point is like they were on the major league roster, or you know, I don't think they had any injured. St- you know, paternity. Sorry, paternity leave for Marwin. I think that was a thing. The fact is, they were on the team the whole year, um, but now there isn't as much use for those guys, and and I and I get that. So no controversy there. Really none, like choice-wise. Um, but making the roster, thank God, is Oswald Peraza, who I'm still hoping gets a true chance in the series. If the Yankees want to advance, they need to give Oswald Peraza an actual opportunity, really. Um, so Peraza on the roster, which is good. Also on the roster, which I'm not as thrilled about, really for either of them, but one of them... One of them, Greg Weissert, isn't going to make much of an impact, so it doesn't really matter. The other one is Frankie Montaz, uh, who actually pitched tonight and, of course, gave up a home run. So Montaz is back on the roster. To me, just like, let's just give up on that for now and let, let's reassess next season. That's why I would take it. So, you know, when you do think about Licky, like, yeah, like, I guess I'd probably rather have Licky on the roster than Montaz and be completely honest about it. But, um, again, this is what happens when... You know, you get all those injuries. And so Montaz is back on the roster and did pitch tonight. So th- those are your moves uh, roster-wise. Now, as far as the lineup, as expected, Stanton in left and looked pretty good out there. There was one play where a regular fielder probably makes the play, but it ended up being no harm, no foul. Um, and then Carpenter goes over to DH. And boy, oh boy, was it bad. Matt Carpenter in the postseason is 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts. So uh, that's where it's tough to just expect someone who has been out for so long to just jump right back in and do well. That's easier. That's just not easy. So Matt Carpenter 0 for 6 with 6 strikeouts in the postseason. And Conifalefa back at short. So no Oswaldo Cabrera in this lineup, I think, is probably maybe the most interesting thing of all. We kind of knew that Peraza wouldn't be, at least in game one. But no Oswaldo Cabrera, I think, was in, was interesting if nothing else. Uh, that he kind of 
lost out on that. I wouldn't expect to see Cabrera again in this series, maybe even as early as tomorrow. But let's get into the game. Um, first inning. I did not think Verlander through the first three innings um, was not really all that great, necessarily all that dominant. The Yankees really had their opportunities in those first until the Donaldson strikeout. Like it was looking like, all right, like they kind of had Verlander someone on the ropes. And then it ends up that Verlander goes six innings, three hit, one earned run, one walk, 11 Ks. I mean, brilliant. I mean, Justin Verlander has been a thorn on the Yankees' side for years. Now, has there probably been moments where we've done... There, there have been moments where the Yankees have done well against him. Like, I can remember a bunch of them. I mean, he's been pitching since 2006 with the Tigers. But, Verland, but there's been a lot of key moments where Verlander has really just shoved it against the Yankees, and he did it here. So, in that first inning, you do get a first and second two-out spot for Josh Donaldson... And Donaldson strikes out and looks really awful in doing so. Really looked bad. Now, pitch one was a ball that was called a strike, to be fair. So that put Donaldson in a tough spot, but he eventually strikes out. First inning, look, Tyone did not look good at all this game, but he was able to get through it. Like, he gave the Yankees a chance. Um, if, if we're just talking about straight results, Tyone did what he had to. So Jeremy Pena gets a one-out double. And this is a play where Stanton, you know, I think a, a left fielder who is, you know, regular that position might make that play. Stanton doesn't. They walk Alvarez. I liked how they pitched Alvarez today, where there was an intentional walk at one point. Here was a four-pitch walk. Don't let him hurt you. And, and look, I have all the respect in the world for Alex Bregman, but do not let Jordan Alvarez hurt you. So then, Bregman lines out to Judge. What a catch by Aaron Judge. I mean, spectacular catch by, by Judge. This this looked like it was ticketed for a, an RBI double, maybe a two-run double, maybe even more than that, maybe a triple somehow. But Judge makes a great catch, and then Kyle Tucker grounds out, so Tyone gets out of trouble. We go to the second inning. With one out, he does it again. Harrison Bader... With a home run, his fourth home run in six games, really, you know, breaking records or tying records in terms of Yankee hi Yankee history. I mean, the storied franchise. There are not many. At this point, I'm losing track of some of these records. I wish I could be more specific. But four home runs in, in, in six postseason games, um, his first his first as a Yankee, is remarkable for for someone who look like he hit what five home runs I think all season. Uh, all with the St. Louis Cardinals. So, I think, look, I think Bader, I want to move up in that lineup. I do. Um, I think that he should be batting no lower than sixth. No lower than sixth. Will that happen? Probably not, but I don't think it's a crazy, I mean, look, look how he's done. So, when we see the lineup tomorrow, I'm hoping that you see Harrison Bader no lower than number six in that order. So... So there's that. Yankees take one thing lead. But, you know, you really want to get that scoreless inning, and, and it doesn't happen. So the Yankees, let's keep in mind, the Yankees finally took the lead against the Astros before a walk-off, but they were not able to keep the lead after a full inning. So that still exists. The Yankees have not led versus the Astros after a full inning of play within, the, within like, the game. 
So, look, the Yankees did have a couple of walk-off victories. So, obviously, I mean, that goes without saying they had leads there. But within the course of the game, after the full inning was completed, they still have not led. But technically, they did get their first lead after all that nonsense. Uh, two outs, Chaz McCormick single, and then Martin Maldonado RBI double. And that, that's just, you cannot have that where the eight and nine guys in the lineup are hurting you like that. That just can't happen, and it does, and it ties it up 1-1 immediately. Snaggies don't even, can't even really hold on to that lead. It's gone. Third inning is, to me, this was the biggest spot of the game uh, when, we look, when we look back on it. Now the, now, the Yankees had another opportunity later on, but the third inning was it. One out walk to Rizzo, and then Giancarlo Stanton stings a double to right. Now, I was hoping that somehow Rizzo was going to be able to score. The ball did kind of kick by Tucker, but then it rolled to McCormick, the center fielder, and Rizzo was held at third. It was no one's fault. I was just really hopeful that somehow Rizzo got a good jump and, and that he had a chance to score there because I knew that Josh Donaldson was coming up next, and Donaldson is not really the guy you want up in that situation, and what does he do? Has a terrible at-bat. He strikes out swinging on three pitches. You just you needed more there, uh, way more there. And so Josh Donaldson, bad job by him. That was a huge – I mean, I, I just wish that just like McCormick scored on Maldonado's, I was hoping the same for Rizzo to score on Stanton's double, and it just didn't work that way. And then Carpenter strikes out looking. And on the Carpenter at bat, there was a 2-0 pitch that was – was it a 2-0? Yes, a 2-0 pitch that was a ball. Which, I mean, you could have had bases loaded for Bader, which would have been awesome, but it didn't happen. So Carpenter, look, the ump was not great tonight um, on both sides, but I would say Verlander specifically was getting some calls. He just was, and so you just got to deal with that. Um, so it stays tied 1-1. Verlander is really starting to settle in, strikes out the side in the fourth. Um, gets a couple more strikeouts in the fifth. Like, he is mowing down the Yankees at this point. We go to the bottom of the fifth. Tyone gives up a one-out double to Pena. I'm not sure if I would have started Tyone this inning. I might have started some, you know, whether it be Domingo Herman, who we still have not seen in the series, which is rather mind-boggling uh, in this postseason, I should say. We have not seen Herman at all in the postseason. Um, and then Jeremy Pena gets a, um, a one-out double off of Tyone, and his, and his night is through. So Tyone, four and, four and a third, he's responsible for that runner. And they bring Clark Schmidt on. Intentionally walks Jordan Alvarez, right move. But then he walks Bregman. Bases loaded one out. Game could get out of hand right here. And Schmidt does induce a 4-6-3 double play to Kyle Tucker. So at that point, you're feeling all right. Good escape. We're still tied at one. Schmidt, you know, was put in a tough spot. Gets out of it. Verlander goes one, two, three again in the six. We go to the, we go to the bottom six. And they start with Schmidt again. And that's where you kind of go wrong. And Trevino was warming up in the fifth, and he would warm up again in the sixth when the damage was done. In my mind, Lou Trevino's got to be ahead of Clark Schmidt in the pecking order, right? I mean, I would have to think so, but it, but it hasn't really turned out that way. And so Clark Schmidt does stay in the game, and it's a really bad 0-2 pitch to Yuli Gurriel. Um, or like a really bad 0-2 pitch. Like... Uh, when he had that single to Oscar Gonzalez against Cleveland, that was not a bad pitch per se. This was a horrible 0-2 pitch. Gurriel homers, 2-1. Then there's a ground out, and then Chaz McCormick goes opposite field. He homers, 3-1, and Clark Schmidt's night is through. Clark Schmidt, you, you luckily got him out of the fifth inning. He should not have been in there for the sixth. He was. You know, it, it's trying to cut corners. It's trying to... 
you know, make it through with, like I said, your B-level guys. Not that Trevino is a sure shot A-level guy, but that's I would have went Trevino in the sixth. Then Trevino finishes the sixth and gets a couple of outs. Again, that should not be. He should be the one in the 1-1 game, not the 3-1 down game. So I, I just totally disagree with that. Then in the seventh, Hector Neris comes on, goes 1-2-3 versus the Yanks. And then Frankie Montaz relieves Trevino. Ah. That actually, in saying that out loud, that sounds interesting because that, that was the Oakland trade. Yeah, I would not have thought that Montaz would come in after Trevino, but here we are, right? So, of course, homer to Jeremy Pena. So Montaz, you know, immediately first batter home run. So, yeah, I... I don't know. Like, you're kind of, in my mind, you're kind of waving the white flag at that point by putting Montaz in, but, you know, whatever. We go to the eighth, and the Yankees have their best chance uh, against the bullpen, and it's against Rafael Montero. It's a two-out rally. Anthony Rizzo homers. It's his second home run of the postseason. You know, Rizzo, I like what I've seen from him. This is He's just a solid, solid player, Anthony Rizzo. Uh, doesn't get quite the fanfare, but, like, in the clutch, like, in the playoffs, this is someone that you want on your team. Anthony Rizzo really is makes it four two, and then Giancarlo Stanton singles. So here we are, tying runs up. It's Josh Donaldson. And to his credit, he does draw a walk against Montero. So Montero's night is done. The Yankees really did get to him. Um, he wasn't able to finish the inning. So now it's four two, first and second two out. They do pinch run Peraza for Donaldson. Peraza would have been the tying run in this case. And Matt Carpenter's up against Ryan Presley. The Yankees have had success against Ryan Presley. Uh, you know, you think back to the season, Aaron Hicks' best moment of the year, a three-run homer to tie against Presley at Yankee Stadium. Well, Matt Carpenter, who really had a rough night before this, had a very ugly at-bat and strikes out swinging. It caps off a really ugly night for Matt Carpenter. 0-4, for 4, four strikeouts. Um, this was the spot where you're hoping that Carpenter can hit one out. Doesn't happen. Uh, and so it's 4-2. Then Miguel Castro comes on. And Castro actually looked pretty good. Goes 1-2-3. I think again, if, if we're talking packing order, not that it means much. But yeah, Castro for me moves up. Um, I Command is always a problem with him. But there are certain situations where he can be very tough on righties. And so, you know, I, I think you got to consider it at least. But we'll see whatever comes to fruition. And then in the ninth inning, Ryan Presley strikes out Bader. Strikes out Connor Falefa. And then Trevino grounds out. Jose Trevino has it a, has it a very rough go at it, and um, yeah, Yankees lose it four to two. Let's think. Of, let's talk about game two. Game two uh, is going to be Luis Severino versus Fran Valdez. Um, you'd like to think that this matchup is not quite as lopsided on paper as Tyone versus Verlander, but to be fair, you know. And that's, I guess, the sad thing is that Verlander, they almost got to the point where the bullpen was in in a tie game, but Schmidt gives up those two homers. And so by the time a new pitcher's in, the Astros already have the lead. All that being said, Severino versus Valdez, you like to think that's a little bit more even, but I think Framber Valdez would be very difficult. I mean, he was 17 and 6 this year, had a 2.82 ERA, like a real, I mean, you know, was a really solid quality pitcher. Um, but we'll see what happens. Severino, look, he's he's pitched in, you know, against the Astros plenty of times in the postseason. You know, he did it in 17, he did it in 19. Um, he's been pretty good lately. He got it to a shaky start versus Cleveland last time, but really did settle in. 
So Luis Severino, a lot, a lot of pressure for him. He really has to be very good. But you feel better about Severino than you do Tyone. Uh, you know, will, will the results be better? Not necessarily. But you feel better about that. And same with Valdez. I mean, you, you feel a little bit better about going against Valdez than Verlander. But again, Valdez could easily pitch a gem. So Severino versus Framber Valdez. It's a very big game for the Yankees. As I kind of laid it out, um, you know, in the last episode, the blueprint is this. Um, you have to, you kind of have to split these first two games. So you lost the first game, which, you know, that's not good. But you got to find a way to win this one. If you win this one, that's as good as you were going to do. You were never, you were never, ever going to win the first two games. I'm sorry, it was just never going to happen. So you got to split those, and then you got to win two out of three at Yankee Stadium, and then find a way to somehow win six or seven. That's the way it gets done. Now, if you lose game two, then it becomes a situation where, you, you got to win all three at home, which is just, it, it's a tough ask. What I'm saying is the Yankees have to find a way to be up 3-2 going into game six. And even then, I don't really feel all that confident. This is, it's a tough, it's a tough road ahead for the Yankees. It just is. I, I never felt great about this series. What I saw tonight doesn't make me feel any better. The last thing is, let's talk about tomorrow's potential lineup possibilities. So we know Carpenter's out. We know essentially Higgy's Higashioka will be in for Trevino. Um, that's you know, Higgy is catching Severino at this point, and not for nothing. You know, Trevino just hasn't really been that great at the plate. So Higgy, um, expect to see him in there. So that's one thing. That's not a big discussion though. It's what do you do, really mainly at shortstop and left field. Um, so I guess one would expect Stanton to move back to DH with Carpenter out of the mix. Chances are Stanton goes to DH, which leaves you with two options left. Oswaldo Cabrera or Tim Locastro. Now, I think it's more likely you see Cabrera. However, Locastro in his career against Valdez, one for two with a homer. Just saying. He, I mean, I don't think it happens, but I think we have to leave that room there as a chance. It has to be brought up. But in all likelihood, you probably see Oswaldo Cabrera in left field. There is also the rare chance that you do see Stanton in left and you go with someone else at DH. Like, that's not impossible. So let me say that as well. But I think you probably see Stanton back a designated hitter. Now let's shift to shortstop slash third. Shortstop, I'm hoping it's Oswald Peraza. That's my hope. Now, look, it could be Connor Falefa. It could even be uh, it could even be Cabrera, but I don't I don't see why that would happen. That doesn't make sense to me. Cabrera's lane into the lineup is left field, the way I see it. So shortstop, it really comes down to Peraza or kind of left. Field. I'm hoping that it's Peraza. You really need him in that lineup, and then third base, if that does happen, becomes Donaldson or kind of left, and it, and they would probably stick with Donaldson. I guess what I'm saying is this: I wouldn't be stunned if kind of left, even versus the lefty, is on the bench tomorrow. I'm very curious to see what decisions they make. Prediction-wise, I think I this isn't what this isn't fully what I want. Some of it's what I want, but I think Stanton DH, Cabrera left, Peraza short, Donaldson third, which leaves you a bench of Trevino, um, Locastro, Connor Falefa, and Carpenter. That's what I see happening. However, um, I actually, to be honest with you. Would not mind seeing Locastro in left, but then you but then you take away his pinch running abilities. 
So I think Lokasha will be on the bench when, when push comes to shove. It's, it's, it's more of a weird sort of um, a random stat that he happens to be one for two with a home run for Valdez. But um, that will be a, a talking point uh, when discussing tomorrow's game is what will the Yankees decide? Look, Glaber Torres batting leadoff. I think that's another thing that needs to be reconsidered, but that's also something that I think will stick as well. So expect to see some changes. That, 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 what they will be, who knows? I'm sure I'll agree with some, not agree with others, but we'll see what happens. But again, uh, Yankees break out 17 times and uh, lose to the Astros 4-2. to